My head is spinning like an old LP My legs are shaking under me People say I'm drunk but that's not true I'm just under the influence of you Welcome to episode 12 can't believe it, of the Under the Influence podcast. Hi Dylan, you alright? Yeah, I'm good mate. Or As I said, is it series f- two, episode three? <laughs> yeah, season two, episode yeah, three. we'll do that. It's been how long it's since been, we've... It's been 25 years, so this is our reunion <laughs> podcast. It's been 25 yeah. years since we last did What we should have done podcast. was a best of and cut it all together, oh, but yeah. unfortunately... Oh, that would have been a bit easier than arranging all of this, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Just cut some bits in. It's been a long morning, let's be fair about this, setting this all yes, up. We've but been, we've been, where are we, Nathan? We're in Bankstock Studios, SAE, where, yep. I, where I work in my day job. We've taken over the studios for the morning. We've had some amazing help from Cesar, the... Uh, curriculum technician here um he's not in the room but he's helped us set up everything and we've got a very exciting show coming up actually um, who, who we got we've got a session we've got a session for you which we, we yeah. said we'll try to do with these podcasts regular who is it today no? we've got david cronenberg's wife That's joining great. us or at least tom and mary from david cronenberg's wife they'll be doing a, a live session and an interview yeah they'll um, talk about their new ep they've got yep. an album coming out so we'll go in depth all about the anti-folk scene that they were a part of and everything loads, else in between loads of stuff but before we get on to that should we kick off with a with a track well we've we got, got loads of great music for you uh, some of it from last year some of it that's just come out earlier this year so we're going to try Try and cram a lot into this podcast for you. So we're going to start off with Meat Raffle, Meat Raffle uh, from their second album, Bastard Music, which came out August last year. Pardon the uh, language. <laughs> and uh, this is the track No Books. Somebody's house But they don't have any books 
That was Meat Raffle with no books. Do you have a? Do you have any books at home, Dylan? I've got one or two. One or two. Are you accusing me of not being able to read? Oh, no, I'm just uh, listening to the lyrics of that song, wondering if <laughs> if if either of us are the target for their. I've got way too many books to catch up with, yeah, and they're all yeah, thick. Yeah. yeah, me too. I've got loads. Of, I haven't read half of them, but I've got loads of loads of books. So we're not we're not the target for that. No, we're that not. Song. Great uh, song. Love that album. Love that album. It's a great album, and it's called Bastard Music. Come out August last year, the second album, and I've got a few tour dates. Yep. So uh, April 3rd, they're playing in Glasgow, the 4th in Newcastle, the 5th in Leeds and finishing off the 11th of April at Victoria in Dalston. But don't you have another gig to do? I do, yeah. In addition to that, I know about this, they're doing a special fundraiser on the 28th of February at the Windmill, which is where they always seem to play. <laughs> um, but they are raising funds because they're booked to play at South by Southwest. So obviously flying out to Austin, Texas is an expensive business for any it, aspiring young Well, Teresa from uh, The Reverse is going. Teresa from The Reverse is going. Yeah. Not, not with The Reverse. Obviously, I'm no. staying here, but she's going with her other band Amber Bugs or at least some of her other band Ben that's right and they're going just to check it out I think enjoy they're not playing they're just going to get the lay of the land suss it out go to some gigs maybe meet a few people maybe have an alcohol beverage or two probably I would imagine they're going to have a a wicked time Um, so yeah that was Meat Raffle we love Meat Raffle we we first saw them back at Paper Paper Nuts Cambridge that's a band We saw them at Paper Dress Vintage. Gotcha. Uh, which is a great little venue. We saw Meat Raffle there, and it was with uh, Dylan and Simon, two, uh, two of my close friends who were totally sober, but yeah, at the front dancing, dancing with great gusto and enthusiasm. But no, what a brilliant gig. If you haven't seen them live, um, I recommend them. Without a shadow of a doubt. And so we're going to move further on because, as I said, we've got a packed show today. So the next track also came out in 2019, came out in September 2019. The band are called Bar Morte. They're a four-piece from Corkin Island. They signed the Gardador Records. Uh, they released their third album, I do believe it is, before there was air. And uh, this is the opening track from that said album. It's called A Sound. Out to the west Just as the sun sets Only to call, only to call and do it. 
So that was Bauer Malte with the song A Sound, which is the first track, as I said, from their new album Before There Was An Air. And they've crazy story. I won't go into it this time because we haven't got enough time, but it's all about their first album uh, with a label, went bankrupt, they had to get lawyers oh, in no. to get the record back. And anyway, wow. they're all together now. And they've got two gigs coming up. So the 28th of Feb, the uh, N5, uh, the Gunners, and they're yep. also doing an album launch at the Betsy uh, Trotwood, and that's with Paper Nut Cambridge and the Cold Spells, all on Golden Ore Records. Fantastic. So we're here in the studio with David Cronenberg's wife, or at least two members of David Cronenberg's wife. We're here with Tom and Mary. Hello. Thanks very much for coming in. Thank you. Thanks for the invite. This is Thank great. Thank you. Not at all. So we're going to hear a couple of songs shortly, which is fantastic. We've got a live session. We've got all the mics set up, but we're going to start off with a few a few questions first. I just thought we could start off, if you if you don't mind, maybe just telling us a little bit about the history of, of the band and, uh, you know, how you got to this stage, I guess. Sure. Well, I moved to London about 15 years ago and... Um, didn't really know what to how to how you know how people start bands and I I, I think I'd, I'd recorded some demos just using you know like one of those old mics um, you had on a headset so it was really really <laughs> lo-fi you know <laughs> talking headset talking headsets yeah and um, I'd heard about this 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 night called Blang it was the twelve bar so I went went down um, Sergeant Buzzfuzz Joe Buzzfuzz um, yeah. was the guy who promoted it chose the band so I gave him um, a CD and um, he really liked it um, got me um, a slot on, on, on the blank show um, but I didn't have a band so I was then I thought now now it's yeah. serious so I just I just used some you know called up some old college friends and you know John Baines who was on drums and Pandora Pog um, on bass and um you know, we had about ten songs at that time, and that was the first gig. That was, yeah, as I say, fifteen years ago. Fantastic. And then from then, there's been ever-changing lineup. People move away, and you know, get jobs and things like that. And um, somehow, we're still going fifteen years later. And you signed to Blang Records, I guess. That, that's right. That yeah, came out of those early Blang nights. Yeah, that that came a bit later. I think I'm trying to think when Joe started the. The the label two thousand seven eight something like that maybe six. Yeah, well, I think it's their fifteenth anniversary. Oh yeah, you're right. It? So, so it was it was a little bit yeah it was a little bit longer ago than that. Yeah. Um, but our first recording or first album at least was two thousand and eight. Um, so it took us a while to 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 get together and get some some songs recorded. How um, was Blind back then when you first signed? Was it is it pretty much the same as it is now? I think I think back then it was just it was just Joe if I'm not mistaken or maybe did he start it with with uh, with Jules but it's it's certainly a bit more it's certainly a bit bigger now. Yeah. Um but yeah. same people, same same yeah. feeling and it's you know they let you you know have total creative control and you know they put in their input but they they listen to you. Um yeah it's it's, it's been great. Yeah, well, I mean, I first met you, I think, <coughs> through the through the UK Anti Folk uh, festivals that, that you you put on or used to put on more more regularly. Yeah, I, I think I think Joe his um, you know didn't really like to describe Lang as an Anti Folk night. So what we did was um, yeah. I I met at um, there was a an, an Anti Folk um, well semi Anti Folk open mic at the Spice of Life about 15 years ago, uh, that Latch kind of christened uh, Latch, the, the, the founder, yeah. one of the founders of Antifolk in America, he, he he opened it. And I went down there and met uh, Filthy Pedro and um, Milk Can. 
and and all these other guys who, are, who form part of the uh, scene. And Pedro was like, "Well, should we just start doing anti folk fests um, our, ourselves?" Anti folk UK. Uh, first one was at the Buffalo Bar, and then we moved to the Twelve Bar. And yeah, we Fantastic. did them for for, yeah. for ten years. And um, yeah, it gave uh, all these misfits uh, an opportunity <laughs> to uh, to play. Like like Mary, you've got a you love the Twelve Bar because of it. Yes, I met all my friends at the Twelve Bar. <laughs> Yeah, I met you at the twelve bar. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, it was it was that kind of really relaxed, open as we were saying before, you know, we were having a chat. It was like you could go to a night and there'd be like people in suits. Yeah. People look like folkies, punks. It was a really open armed experience that yeah, I felt and a total mix of everybody. Yeah, yeah well, it really was because I I got into it after I met Nathan and yeah. you played one of the the one of the first um, under the influence nights was what night was that again? Was that we you did a Velvet Underground night? Yeah, we did a Lou Reed Velvet Underground night. I think. Do you remember that? Yeah, I, I was thinking uh, back I, actually. I remember yeah. that. Like I wasn't there. I think I was in Germany, but you told me about it on the phone, and I think we'd only just met or something. Maybe. Two thousand and ten. It was. Does that sound about right? Two thousand. No. Yeah. Is it that long ago? Yeah. I mean, possibly. Nine. What I, what I remember <laughs> is we. What I remember about your set was you did. Um, um, I can't actually remember which Velvet Underground song, but you then you then morphed into the Jonathan Richmond song, "The Velvet Underground," <laughs> which was brilliant. I, I, I was trying to think if it, if it was a Jonathan Richmond uh, night, but actually it was a Lou Reed yeah. night, and then I think we we rolled the Jonathan Richmond song into it, and didn't we even yeah. roll the Lou Reed our song, the Lou Reed song, into it? So we did a, like a three and one. So yeah. Well, yeah. I I remember you telling me that you walked back from because it was at the Boogaloo, wasn't it? That's right. And yeah. you told me that you walked back through the Parkland Walk in the middle of the night, and it was incredibly scary. Because I had a, a, an amp, and I thought, okay, I, I'm going to die. Uh, <laughs> that, that that does sound like a very David Cronenberg's wife thing to do, to <laughs> walking through the Parkland Walk later. Just, just trying to imagine the kind of the murder scenes, it's me so with a with an amp next dark, to me, like yeah. this is a bizarre uh, music-related murder. Yeah, yeah, there's a video or album cover in there something yeah, <laughs> fantastic so. I yeah so. no because I, I mean when I first met you again it was through the anti-folk festivals and I remember I did I was doing kind of I had the reverse had been going for a while but I you know we'd taken a bit of time off so I was doing a lot of acoustic gigs and I went to a, an acoustic night run by a guy called Samir who used to be um in Charlie Voyeur and the Charlie Boyer and the Voyeurs and he he, I mean, he said that he just started this uh, this open mic night and nobody turned up. He had no idea how to do it, which was really funny. And then he gradually built this thing that was really popular. And he said to me, oh, you should go and play A Spoonful of Poison because I'd love your stuff there. So I went to Spoonful of Poison and a lot of anti-folk affiliated artists were playing there. And um, it wasn't even Viz a Spoon. I think Richard Tyrone Jones was mm. hosting the first one I went to. And he said, oh, you should you should get in touch with Tom Main, who's running the anti-folk festivals. And and that's what I did really so I mean, again it was looking through my space in those days finding that whole community approaching you and finding that unlike unlike some of the other kind of scenes around that time that, that the anti-folk scene just seemed incredibly kind of open and, and welcoming and friendly and very yeah. quickly I was I was on a bill and it was and fantastic it's actually good you mentioned that open night open mic night because I think that one took over from the spice of life as the the weird alternative open mic uh, it's where I saw um, Alistair from Extradition Order first play mm. um I think I'd already met Tim Tomlinson by that point, but I, I remember, you know, uh, taking him to to the Viz the Spoon open mic, uh, and it was just it was just absolutely chaos. Sometimes <laughs> I remember once there was like yeah. kind of a homeless guy came in, and then there's one famous time where two like performance 
<laughs> do you know this story, Mary? Two sure. two 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 men and a woman came in naked and then started <laughs> smearing themselves with their own bodily fluids. No, wow. they yeah. didn't. Yeah, they did. Yeah, Incredible. Yeah. I wasn't there that night, but I think there's there's video of it on YouTube. I think unless it's been were taken they, down. Were they part of like were they? Doing the open mic night, or were they like yeah, they were, in they were, the audience? That was their act. Yeah, that was their act. That was their act. Yeah, that okay. was. That I was thought their they act. just came in off the street and they hadn't even signed up to the open mic. No, no, there was there was their acts, but uh, I, I think they were they were taking. She weren't taking yeah. the piss then. <laughs> hey. yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. Well, very well, well, well um, on that note, maybe we should maybe we should go into your first song for us. Sure. Well, I've chosen um, a cover by um, Jeff Lewis, and actually, I think. Jeff was probably the reason I I started um, uh, performing music. Um, I think this is around about you know two thousand early two thousands. My friend George gave me a, a, an MP three of of Jeff Lewis, a few MP threes. It was the kind of the time of Napster and all this music sharing. And um, you know I think listening to Jeff, it it really I thought well anyone you know I can I can do this. Um, it really you know, showed me that you didn't really have to sing that well. You just got to have something interesting to say. Um, and, you, and you might say, oh, well, that, you know, that's punk, isn't it? Um, yeah. But I think when you've not grown up with something, yeah. you know, we look at Buzzcocks, for example, they're maybe the first DIY indie band. But when you've not lived through it, they just seem like, like a superstar band, yeah, you know, yeah, whose records you sure. buy. But actually to have, you know, know that there was this guy out there who was just arranging his own tours and I think the, the first song I heard was the, the um, Chelsea Hotel Oral Sex song yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah. It's, it's just clear he's obviously just pressed record on a, on a tape deck <laughs> and, and recorded it and that's the and that's the song and I thought well that's that's great I can I can do that and um, that's what I did and so that's why I've chosen this uh, song which is a cover of you don't have to be a scientist to do experiments on your own heart <laughs> scientist to do experiments you don't have to be a scientist to do experiments you don't have to be a scientist to do experiments on your own heart I had no place to put myself but I had lots of time I had no place to put myself but I had lots of time I had no place to put myself but I had lots of time so I threw out some past and made room for some future now I'm standing on the scene between my memories and dreams Balanced on the scene between my memories and dreams Floating down the stream between my memories and dreams I see a better person waiting to be me You don't have to be a scientist to do experiments You don't have to be a scientist to do experiments You don't have to be a scientist to do experiments on your own heart now I'm running down a runway in between gigantic numbers. I'm running down a runway in between gigantic numbers. I'm running down a runway in between gigantic numbers with a rack second a zero for a halo. And my halo's got a hole in it, it doesn't keep me dry. My halo's got a hole in it, it doesn't keep me dry. My halo's got a hole in it, it doesn't keep me dry. But it's okay, cause my brain's my heart's umbrella. You don't have to be a scientist to do experiments. You don't have to be a scientist to do experiments. You don't have to be a scientist to do experiments on your own heart. 
Had a girl I had to leave, saw her face upon my sleeve. Had a girl I had to leave, saw her face upon my sleeve. Had a girl I had to leave, I saw her face upon my sleeve. It kept talking, so I put it in the laundry. And as it spun and spun, spun, so it asked me what I'd gone done. As it spun, 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 so it asked me what I'd gone done. As it spun, spun, tried to ask me what I'd done, but I was gone on down the road or to the lane. You think patience is a virtue, what you don't know cannot hurt you That events can change in shape is more than we can change ourselves That a conscious attempt to growth is stupid, I should just relax and be myself You think it's arrogant to try You don't have to be a scientist to do experiments You don't have to be a scientist to do experiments You don't have to be a scientist to do experiments on your own heart You don't have to be a scientist to do experiments You don't have to be a scientist to do experiments You don't have to be a scientist to do experiments on your own heart Yeah, so that was uh, David Cronenberg's wife with You Don't Have to Be a Scientist to Do Experiments on Your Own Heart, the Jeffrey Lewis cover. Uh, thanks, guys. That was that was, that was was brilliant. Um, yeah, Mass, sim- you were just talking about Jeffrey Lewis. Again, similar to you, he was one of those artists that came along and, and I remember thinking, wow, that's that kind of, that really DIY, lo-fi thing, but just really, um, you know, songs that are very much lyrical and not thinking too much about anything, you know, too sophisticated musically, but yet still sophisticated in its own ways. Mm, absolutely. A, a huge influence. Um, so, I, you know, as it's the Under the Influence podcast, I guess that's perfect time to ask you about your influences and what. Nice segue. What were the, nice segue there. Yeah, yeah. nice segue. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and what were the things maybe when you were growing up that you first listened to that I, stood out? I mean, when I was very young, I can't really, you know, they were probably too embarrassing to say, but, you know, <laughs> I mean, certainly like hitting. Um, 14 and 15 and, and Nirvana being around were, uh, mm. you know, had a big impact. And then it was really just my dad getting me into songwriters, you know, Bob Dylan and Leonard Cohen. Um, the whole New York thing obviously was a massive influence, Patti Smith and, and the CBGB bands. And then closer to home, The Fall and yeah. Joy Division. Um, you know, just really all these bands which they perhaps don't seem to have much in common um, apart from this quite again DIY ethic um, going their own way um, putting out records themselves that that kind of thing were they one of the first like what was the first act that you felt that was yours because like you I grew up and my dad introduced me to Dylan and all that stuff but it's it's when you find something that oh that's mine that's not <laughs> yeah. my parent and I love this well I mean it was actually funny when I mentioned Nirvana because like all you know, all my friends were really raving about this band Nirvana, and you know, I was like the the contrary kid at, at school, and and you know, just thought they were, you know, a bit of a punk ripoff, and wasn't really into them. And it was only after he died I kind of got a little bit more into them. And I remember um, Kurt Cobain wearing a dress on MTV, and you know, thinking, "Wow, this yeah. is you know, this is amazing." You know, who is this guy? And it was that Unplugged that did it for me, funny enough. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it was really weird. I, I I connected with that more than the actual studio albums. Yeah. I don't know what it yeah. did for you, but that felt more folky, anti-folk, whatever you want to call Absolutely. it. Absolutely, and it showed a different side to them that they could do that, yeah. that stuff, and they were a little bit more intelligent than your average, just you know, rock yeah, band. Yeah. Um, I mean, Mary, you're a bit younger than me. Did you like when Nirvana kind of were were they a thing when you were growing up? Did people listen to them? Um, well, y- yes, they were. I mean, he, he was already dead. He was long, long gone. But yeah. um, it, I remember I was I was on this kind of weird like it was like a Facebook for children or something, and that's where I like 
made friends when I was like maybe 14 or something and so I'd ask kids on there for recommendations for music and a lot of them were listening to Nirvana and um, I remember um, Where Did You Sleep Last Night that was, mm -hmm. that was one of the songs that was recommended to me yeah. and that was I, I really liked that one and that was that was around the time of um, Napster or not maybe was there something the one called after, Kazam or something, yeah something like something? that afterwards it was yeah. like Lime Lime Wire Lime Wire yeah, yes yeah, I don't know yeah and then I remember I, and I did I did really like that song but I was I didn't like the music so much that I understood why there was so much of a hype mm -hmm. about Nirvana yeah, so I was like I, I was kind of thinking I wanted to I, I remember thinking I want to do like a study of why What, what is it about Nirvana? And I, I started like asking people as if I could do like a scientific survey. <laughs> and I remember going to my school and asking people, so why do you like Nirvana? Why do you like Nirvana? Uh, and that didn't go anywhere. I, I never found out. So how did you get into Keys then? What Was, was there bands that you went, oh, I, I like the sound of... Um, it's, it's actually just from playing the piano when I... Right. I, I yeah, so I, I learned... Um, well, I learned... I, I took piano lessons yeah. classical piano lessons when I was from from quite a young age and um, I never really practiced which is not why I'm not very good <sighs> but I did take lessons for a long time and my uncle is very good at playing the piano so yeah that's how I ended up playing the keyboards I actually prefer singing to playing the keyboards mm. I'm trying I try always try to get you singing on yeah, DCW live I gigs know, you never do it I don't really <laughs> like doing backing vocals because I feel for that you have to be a good singer Whereas, harmonies and stuff like that can be, yeah I feel yeah. like for backing vocals you have to have a good technique whereas like for lead vocals you can do the anti-folk thing you know yeah, you can yeah. have you know, that's actually a okay really good point have you seen uh, 20 yeah. Feet from Stardom no documentary oh I've heard about it it's all it. about I backing see singers it. Yeah. yeah and they're all amazing singers yes, you're right they're yes. absolutely stunning but hard, when they go into the front of the mic yeah it's whether it's they're too clean or it's that charisma or it's that yeah i don't yeah. know that Something thing that like most of them do not make it yeah yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll have to write some songs uh, with you on lead vocal then you know i prefer i prefer <laughs> I, for some reason i feel less bad Done. about my voice okay so doing great lead voice. than great than doing backing vocals <laughs> okay. so that, that is really interesting so i wanted to ask again leading on from the influences but also how you write i guess as a band and 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 obviously you know working that. together you know so so is it is it the case tom that you come in with songs or, or so half formed ideas yeah certainly in the in the in the past i've 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 just written the songs on my own and then taken to them to the to the band um with this um last album the the, the fourth album which is um coming out soon that was a bit more collaborative certainly with adam our guitarist who who, who joined uh, five years ago or so he would send me riffs and and i would just go through them and sometimes it would be like a, a four minute long track and i'd, I'd be like yeah. let's just use the first five seconds of that and <laughs> and loop it um and so yeah there's four or five songs on the album which are co-written with 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 adam and i think in in the future i hope to do more of that with other members of the of the band um Usually, then once we have the idea, whether it's just my idea or me and Adam or whoever it is, we we take it into the into the studio and then just thrash it out really. And and you know, certainly Stu, the the drummer, gives a lot of guidance on. You know, 
I'm always wanting to take the song longer, and Stu's like, Short, shorter, shorter. You know? So Stu's your, your current job, because obviously you had Ian Button played with you for I, Ian while, was on Ian was on, on bass for years, and, and step, stepping in whenever Stu can't do a, a gig. There's the name of Ian Button again. Ian, Ian's <laughs> the, he pops uh, up everywhere, yeah, doesn't he? Uh, yeah, he, he does, he can do everything. Um, so yeah, now Jez is, is, is playing, playing the bass, um, right. and Mary's on, on, on keyboard, and Tom, crazy Tom on, on violin when, whenever he's free. Fantastic. So you just released Hannity Comes Home. It's an EP, mm-hmm. which has come out, and that track is going to be on the new album. Is that, it called yeah. The Ship? Yeah, The Ship, Necrologies. Yeah, uh, it's got a little subtitle there. And um, Hannity's the, uh, yeah, Hannity's on there. Hannity Comes Home's on there. So talking about the new album, perhaps we should uh, hear your second song. Yeah, sure. Um, this next song is called I Don't Know Anymore. Um, it's got a bit of a Jonathan Richman influence going on there. Um, you know, always thought he is, is almost, you know, anti-folk before anti-folk yeah. even existed. Yeah, definitely. And um, I wanted to get that, um, you know, Twilight in Boston, mm. uh, that summer, fe- the summer feeling, feeling. And uh, this is my attempt at it. It's, it's the kind of lo- love song. I wanted to make it maybe a little bit more interesting by making the um the main relationship uh, a, a same sex uh, relationship uh with the man then having an affair or well, i guess it could be if the singer of the song could be a woman she could have an affair with a woman later on in the in the songs but i, I think i put that in because i didn't want it to get maybe too sentimental so i wanted another yeah. way of maybe creating a bit of an interest in the in the song um that, so that was my it's interesting isn't it so, yeah, yeah. And that was um, also co-written with with Adam. He came up with the chord sequences because I don't really do chord chord sequences. (laughs) (laughs) The song is uh, I Don't Know Anymore. When I was a teenager My mother, she said to me If I was to break another's heart Then for her to break that lane So I took a knife and I made a mark in the frame of my bedroom door At the time I knew what it meant Knew what it was for I don't know anymore The first man that I loved too well His name was Robert White Inside out and back again Turned me on those hot summer nights Where have all those moments gone? Where are the gestures of his hands? Where was the first kiss? How did we meet? What was it I saw? I don't know anymore The closest friend to him it was A girl named Alicia Webb She had a robin live in her eyes rosemary I really tried to stay away But do some things just have to be 
Someone with the words so beautiful, she said At the bedroom door, I don't know thought you saw some 40 years ago I try not to revisit it there's nothing it can show I still think of him and what he's doing now but when I left did I really leave so collapsed on the floor I don't know anymore Near the end an image comes to me He's vibrant, bright and near It was back in Switzerland This man I held so dear You try to grasp onto it You realize there's nothing there Was this love? Was this life? And if so, how can I be sure? I don't know That's the stripped down David Cronenberg's wife version of I Don't Know Anymore. And you mentioned in that track, Robert White, are you a big fan of his? <laughs> I think that was just, uh, you that... know, right. just had to, pick, had to pick a name and that one that one came out. And that but, just uh, popped into your head. You know, may, maybe it's him, who knows, you know. <laughs> that's a good exactly. point. But, but I loved, that's a really beautiful story. And you said it's not personal, you, mm-hmm. but we were talking off air that uh, you have to get your mindset into... Definitely, and it has that also aspect of a man at the end of his life or woman looking yeah. looking back, and, yeah. and, and so you know you have to try and get into that mindset as as as, as well. So um, you know it's it's quite hard to do when you've played the song quite a few times. So when we've been playing it live, so that's that's a, that's a bit of a challenge of of, of, of doing the song um, again and again. But uh, hopefully, I managed to get a little bit of the flavour there. So, yeah. is there any difference with the new album? Is it is it of a different tone or is it different writing styles? I don't know, Mary. What do you, what would you say in terms of I think, comparing? I think it's quite different. Yeah, especially what we were saying earlier with Adam coming in mm-hmm. and and changing. There's a, there, it's quite different musically for sure because yeah, there's more chords in a lot of places. <laughs> um, it's a bit more somber, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a few uh, like the Hannity songs, very upbeat and 
yeah and and dancey but it's got a bit of a threat to it yeah yeah i mean to me yeah to me the main difference is the 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 chords okay Okay. More chords. More, more chords. <laughs> Very good. Thanks to Adam. Because that was quite a melancholy yeah. track, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That one is, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's not all all like that. I think that song and the song we close with, No Man's Land, very downbeat. There's definitely a, of a, a feeling of of death hanging in the in the air <laughs> over some of these um, songs. I think that was in, in intentional. Um, but yeah, it's. I wouldn't say that song was necessarily. Um, typical like the first songs is almost like a surf rock song yeah uh, Sula's house mm. um, which which opens the album yeah that's that's completely different feeling yeah well it's beautiful um stripped down version really really great to hear this kind of space around it lovely um yeah and I'm going to ask you about your lyrics as well quickly because a lot of people sort of talk about how dark David mm-hmm. Cronenberg's lyrics are David Cronenberg's wife's lyrics are but I, I I think they're very humorous as well very witty but you also and you talked about how you kind of you know were using a character in that in that song that's something you've done quite a lot you mm-hmm. know, and, and sometimes with a kind of ironical intention of looking at things in quite a dark way do you, do, you, do you worry about how that comes across sometimes or is that quite a kind of subversive intention I mean certainly you know subversive I think uh, Robbie Robertson said music should always be dangerous so I'm, I'm mm. taking him at his, at his word <laughs> um, you know I think a lot of our songs you know aren't don't have that dark tone to it you know the the some of the songs on we did an ep uh, two years ago the october man sequence which got yeah two songs on it the dude of love and uh <laughs> you should see which you know are as you say more humorous rather than, yeah. than 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 dark and i think i like to mix up the the themes to try and you know cover as many different themes as um as, as as we can, um, yes, with maybe taking on the personality of a of a murderer or or yeah. you know something like that, and it That's just makes it more interesting. Isn't it the October sequence? The October Man sequence. Yes, it's a, it's a it's a it's a pickup routine used by um, no, by no. By, uh, by those creepy uh, pickup artists. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. Apparently, they could seduce a woman within 10, 15 minutes. You see, you, right. you know all about it. You've obviously yeah, been yeah, uh, using it to be an expert. There, <laughs> Talking uh, to Michelle, I, don't, I think she'll disagree. Then, <laughs> but also, I was I was born in October, and it's a sequence of tracks, so you can go whichever way you want with it. Fantastic! No, I love that. Um, so I think we're kind of nearing the end of the interview. We've got a very busy year coming up, haven't you? With the album release coming yes. up end of March, and various gigs, and I know you've done videos recently. I don't know if you want to tell us a bit about what you've what That's you've got going point. on. Yeah, you've got yeah. a new video out. Yeah, you? we've got a new video out for Hannity. Um, it says it's. Um, uh, filmed in uh, Ukraine, it was actually um, back of Paul Hawkins' house in Muswell Hill, <laughs> and um, it's Amazing. it's it's snowing. So we, it was a real, you know, like we 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 were. I was looking. Uh, it was his last year, actually, last February, I think. We recorded it. Recorded it. Is that about right, Mary? Mm-hmm. And we, um, you know, we were looking constantly at the, the weather reports, and it said it's going to snow. So we quickly rang up Paul, went round, had a had a takeaway curry, and then about eleven o'clock, finally, it started to snow, and then Mary bravely really horrible conditions and we filmed for about 45 minutes and yeah i was i was holding my drinks and my hand got really cold uh. <laughs> and i was filming with the other hand that's right you had a vodka and diet coke in yeah, one hand yeah. perfect uh. <laughs> and so we've put that, that that's out now on um on on youtube and yeah as you say we've got the album coming out on um the 27th of march a gig the same night at um paper dress vintage in hackney yeah 
Cracking little venue, that yep. is. Yeah, yeah great, I really yeah. like that venue. Supporting the Rebel, I think, June 2nd at, at the Windmill on yes, his so uh, annual uh, residency. Um, and then, yeah, there's going to be some more videos and lots of stuff coming up, so very exciting. Well, fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Tom and Mary, for coming in. That was brilliant. Brilliant session. Yeah, brilliant guys, interview. mate, you've been Thanks absolutely so magic, you two. Thank you very much. Thank Good you luck, for and uh, hopefully, us. we'll both see you at the uh, paper dress. Thank you. Cheers, thank you. guys. Thank Thanks very you. much. That was amazing. Uh, but enough talk from us. Here's another track. This is uh, Amalar with the track Dorothy's Verses. It's an acoustic version. I don't got much regrets, really. Any big regrets, sort of thing, that I look back on. I don't look back on anything now.
much regret really any big regret sort of thing you know that I look back on I don't look back on anything now I'm saying oh I should have done this I should have done that oh, that gone out of my head long time ago I'm happy with my life as, as I am and you I see you all I have you all I'm fine that was Amalar and Dorothy's Verses. Did you like that? I did like that. I hadn't heard that before. She, well, she's an R&B soul singer uh, from Hackney. Uh, she did a sold-out gig at Lexington in November last year. Oh, brilliant. Uh, she was the main support for Beverly Night at the Roundhouse the first, uh, in wow. February this year. Um, Bandcamp recommended... Well, they said it was one of the soul albums of 2019. It's an EP called Consider <laughs> This. And Dorothy's Verses... <laughs> The studio version is on that EP, uh, yeah, okay. uh, but that was a stripped-down version that you can find on her SoundCloud page, which she Fantastic. allowed us to play, bless her. And she's just released a new track called Empathy. She's really great, very active on uh, Twitter, like uh, yeah. with social campaigns and things like that. She's also been added to Joel's Peterson's We're Out Here lineup for this year, which is 20th to the 23rd in Cambridgeshire. Which includes Archie Shep, Ezra Collective, Saraf Kuwa, Adrian Young, and Ali uh, Shahid Mohammed, obviously from Tropical Quest. So, yeah, she's doing really, really well, and she's a lovely lady. She's well, that's fantastic. Nice. And uh, headline of the Lexington. Lexington is probably my favourite venue. Yeah, we're talking about that quite earlier, a bit we? recently, weren't you? Because yeah. you were there recently, weren't you? I went to see, uh, went to see Kingmaker. Oh, uh, Kingmaker 2020, as they're now called. It's a new iteration of Kingmaker because Loz Hardy, who was the lead singer and lead guitar player, is no longer performing with the band. But in spite of that, it was still amazing. Yeah, and it, it, it really was. And it yeah. shows, I guess it, one thing it shows is how good he was because they need two people to do his bits, the guitars and the vocals. But it does also show how amazing their rhythm section was. And I, I, I still think their drummer and bass player possibly the Stone Roses are maybe the only other indie band I can think of that had a, had such a really great rhythm section. They're just incredible drummer, incredible bass, but I could just listen to the drums and bass all night and I'd be happy. So yeah, it was great for, it was great for me. I was down the front uh, singing along to the word of every song. Nice. Drunkenly. I, I, I've always liked the crowds at Lexington. Yeah, it's brilliant. And um, I always seem to appreciate that they're there for the music instead of talking all the way through, which and, we've yeah. spoken about in the and past. And the other thing, you can stuff. stand at the bar and yes. you get a good view because you it's can. raised at the back. We were at the it's back. genius, isn't we it? We were at the back. We went and saw... So yeah. we're trying to work out when this is really or whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, so we saw a trash kit. Yes, and Handel, who are both on Upset the Rhythm oh, yeah, Records, yep, yep. which is a great indie label. And it was a be- they had, a, so it's normally a three piece bass, drums, and guitar. Okay. And uh, But they had a, a violin and a sax player at night, and they had a load of friends volunteer as the choir. And oh, it amazing. really, Sounds but it was great. one of those magical evenings. Like everyone was really into it. There was lots of clapping at moments. Yeah, and it, was, yeah, it was beautiful. Please go and see Trash Kit. They released an album last year called Horizons, and it was one of my favourite albums of 2019. So I think we've got another, I think we've got a song now from somebody who has been a, a guest on the podcast before that's right isn't it well yes I went so Joe Gideon as you well know I'm we're both ginormous fans of and yeah. he's obviously got this new band with Grin uh, Delin and Jim Skidavidis a drummer of uh, Bad Seeds or one of the drums yeah, yeah. Uh, not on the last album they had no drums uh, <laughs> but he's just released on the 31st of January a new album called Armageddon 
it's absolutely tremendous. And if you rightly remember when he was on the show, he did a stripped down version yeah. of Bertie's Cliff House. Yes, I do. I remember it very and well. And obviously, yeah. now that's the full thing on yeah, the album, yeah, yeah. which is 11 tracks. It's really amazing. But I'm not going to play that. No, we've had it. We've got it on the podcast already. Different yes, version, but still. So I'm going to play, we're going to play the last track on the album, which is it's quite psychedelic. And he's been talking about his influences on other shows about what this is. Yeah. But uh, the track is called Ancient Space Mariner.
hope you like that. Yeah, it was great. The album's magnificent. It's his stories as always. The first track on the album is about a mate who lost his, who damaged his jaw and have it replaced. Oh, wow. And now he says he can feel when the weather's changing because of it. Typical oh. Joe Gideon track. <laughs> um, yeah, it's never straightforward, his, uh, his lyrics. Never, never and that's why I think... He, and he's a wonderful man. Uh, got a chat with him after the gig, which he yeah. did a record launch, as I said, 31st, at what used to be the Islington. Yeah. It's now temporarily now called Pinups. Oh, right. Um, Pinups is Islington. I've seen gigs advertised at yes. Pinups, and I've thought... What is that place? It's well, it was Islington oh, recently, okay. so it was right. a few weeks ago it got changed to pinups. Right. So uh, it, no, it was a now lovely crowd, really, really great. And um, yes, uh, the album is called Armageddon. It's released on he's on Cloud Hill Records, which is a German-based record label. Armageddon. Now that is a that's a great. It's title. great. He's, it. he's standing a on a, an oil drum. <laughs> I think he said it was off the M62 or something like that. Awesome. That's amazing. Um, please go and buy the record. It's an amazing record. He's an amazing artist, and um, if you don't know him, also go and listen to our previous interview. Yeah, we we've got a fantastic him. session um, with um, two two stripped down songs by Joe yeah. that recorded recorded that at the Crypt in Crouch End yeah. a little while ago. I've really enjoyed that. So I think we're heading. Almost towards the end of the podcast. Yep, we've got we've one a, more track. A, we've got one more track we'll talk about in a minute. We've had a, a fantastic interview and live session with David Cronenberg's wife. But I was going to say that it has been a, a while, as, as uh, Dylan pointed out, 25 years, I think, since we did the last <laughs> podcast. So, um, so this is like the, the reunion tour. But we, but when we talked about doing this, most recently we talked about what well, we should do one, like as an end of the end of year review show like we're going to do one in december then we're going to do one early january we're going to like talk about our favorite records of 2019 it's sort of mid february now is it too late for us to have that conversation we about can have what a little favorite... quick chat because okay. i think listeners have probably had enough now and want us to just oh had enough of the podcast entirely yeah, they've Not done just that. enough it's, of it's, 2019 other than the interview because obviously that went really well uh, and tom uh, <laughs> you got and something, to, something to say but <laughs> you yeah want, you want to get out of here don't you I yeah i want to get out of here no it's been it's been a it's been, it's been a great, great day. it's been yeah, a great podcast a great um so um, what were your favorite moments musical moments of last, well, I've last got, year well i got i right trying to remember that because we're in february so two of my favorite record three of my favorite records yep. definitely so jamie branch who's a jazz yep. musician um from new york uh, no, from Chicago, but based in New York. She's incredible. Please look her up. She's just released uh, on International Anthems, which is one of my favourite labels based in Chicago. Right. And it's called Fly or Die Two Birds of Paradise. She sings on it for the first time, and it's quite political, but it's also really dancey moments. I saw yep. her at the Church of Sound. She saved me a record. I was speaking <laughs> her on Twitter and she saved me a coloured vinyl, signed it for me. And Fantastic. She yeah. was lo- She's just a wonderful woman. Amazing, talented, and okay. lot to say. Uh, that uh, New York United, who are a super group, some of the artists called uh, Daniel Carter, I know it's all jazz, sorry, uh, based on a label called 577 Records. And you can find it, including, I do believe, the bass player from Wu-Tang Clan. Oh, amazing. And it's incredible. And the other one I really do have to mention is Kate Tempest's album. Oh, yeah, yeah, fantastic. Which, yeah. every time I listen to it, it feels so personal. It's so stripped down. Yeah. And it just, by the time she gets to people's faces, which is the last track on the album, I feel like I'm willing up. It just makes me cry. And he's so beautiful. And I've still never seen her live, which is crazy. She's a powerful performer. She is. And um, 
yeah, I absolutely loved it. And of course, there's loads more out there, but yeah. they're probably the three at the okay. top of the. Obviously, and as well as like Meat Raffle and Balmonte, yes. which Meat I think Raffle's is a, amazing. Yeah, yeah, I think they all are. Uh, and there was a lot of that out there. I, done, yeah. I have done a playlist yeah. uh, on Spotify. It's about 160 songs. <laughs> so I've done a playlist on Spotify yes, last year. It's about 12 so songs. What was, what, <laughs> <laughs> right. um, yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll pick three as well, shall yeah, I? Yeah, okay. So, I'll, <clears throat> so three as you pick three records of last year. Um, the first one, I think, Richard Dawson. Do you know Richard Dawson? Yes. did an album called 2020, that, actually. That so a, although, it, although it came out last year, yeah. it's named after this year. So it's probably yeah. okay to still talk about it now. Without a doubt. Um, brilliant, beautiful, very... Both funny, but very, um, very kind of political, I guess, socially political lyrics, very of the moment, um, really kind of really, yeah, his observations are amazing. So it's a great are. lyricist. Yeah, without a doubt. But also slightly weird and dissonant musically. He's never yeah. does, it's never quite straightforward, the songs. Um, yeah, I think he's, he's, he's brilliant. Gail can't stand him. When I put him on, she can't stand his voice. A lot of people no, can't no. get past it, but, yeah. but I think he's good. I know, I understand that. He's very yeah. Marmite, I would say. He is a bit, yeah. but, but once you get used to I think he's fantastic. Yeah. So Richard Dawson is one. Yeah. Uh, the other one, probably, uh, well, probably going to pick Fat White Family. That's quite predictable, but yes. not so much for the album. The album, I think, was... was um, a really great album, but also their live shows yeah. continue to to be incredible. Yes. Um, I think I mentioned actually when we were talking to Tom and Mary off off mic earlier how Gail and I went to see them quite recently. We nearly didn't go because we've seen them so many times. Yeah. Um, and we're a bit tired, and not feeling great that day. But we went along and we stood quite far back by the mixing desk. And but as soon as I came on stage, it was incredible. Leas jumped into the audience within the first thirty seconds of a of a song. Was carried on the crowd. Started to fall off people's shoulders was dancing around and before we knew it he was right up in our face and he went over to Gail and stroked her face gently so she was just amazed by so that so basically that's the end of your relationship yeah so I haven't seen her since then She's, <laughs> Gail's on tour with Fat White Family now <laughs> so I've had plenty of me time which is nice um, so, that, so that's the second thing Fat White Family and then probably the third uh, and probably my favourite album of last year was Better Oblivion Community Centre which if you don't know is um, Connor Oberst known primarily for Bright Eyes and Phoebe Bridges they got together and did a collaboration and I just that for me is a very powerful and haunting record that got under my skin it's probably the, the record I went back to the most yeah. last year so um, so yeah they're my highlights of uh, 2019 so I think we're going to head towards the final track of uh, of today's podcast do you want to tell us about the no, final no no I want track? you I know it's you <laughs> But I'm well, the basically. Audience, the, no one else knows that. Basically, what this is is the reverse of finally mastered the album. Yes. And uh, I've got a copy of it. Yeah. And I've been listening to it nonstop. Oh, and good. I'm telling you now, it's fantastic. Oh, and you guys thanks, should be mate. proud of it. Thanks, man. And um, yeah, so we decided uh, we're going to play a track from it. Well, thank you. For, I'm glad you like it. Thank you yeah. very much. I'm going to play the last track on it. Do you, do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Because yeah, it's it's okay. Because live, there is a moment where you're playing where you step back from the mic. Oh yeah, and you yeah. Sing to the audience, and it's yeah. the story is so brilliant, and you put this amazing twist on the story right near the end of the track. Oh uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, don't give it away. But yeah, oh, okay. I'm it's um. I just think we're going to say go. goodbye Good. now. This is I'm the end of the podcast. <laughs> we're going to end end you enjoy. It. We will be back very soon. Yeah, with more we live are. sessions, yeah, yeah. more guests. So thanks very much for listening. Yeah, uh, hope you song. enjoyed it. Thank you very much, David Cronenberg's wife. And we're going out with the stars were a mess by the reverse.
We slept out on the roof That much is true We talked about our youth People we both knew The sun sunk far away Pulled your knees to your chest Your hair was on fire The stars were a mess But I don't want to leave While you're still asleep Before. 
Haven't seen you for a year Or maybe 